Welcome to the Tough Mothers Podcast, where real mothers and experts tell all in order to empower you on your journey through motherhood. We tell it like it is, raw, vulnerable, honest, and completely uncensored, because that's how motherhood is. And we finally need to talk about it in the same way. I'm Dr. Jennifer Hacker-Pearson. Don't let the PhD fool you. I struggled with my transition to motherhood just as much as the next mum, which is why this podcast exists. So let's cut to the chase and get to the truth. Before we start, I would just like to say that some of our content may be triggering for some of our listeners and viewers. If you need help, please see your GP or check out our show notes for a list of support services. While advice is given during these podcasts, this is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice. Neither the host nor the guests of this podcast may be held responsible for any action or claims in any way resulting from the information provided. Hi, and welcome to the Tough Mothers podcast and Tough Mothers TV. I'm feeling very honored to bring you this interview today. It's with my friend, Rebecca Anderson. And Becca and I have been friends for a few years now. She's an amazing mother to her three-year-old boy, Clark. And um, she opens up to us today about her depression and how she's had depression for most of her life. So when it came time to having this baby, she very much assumed she would be getting postnatal depression and what it would look like because she's experienced depression for a very, very long time. Turns out it was nothing like what she expected. She talks us through that a little bit today and also the techniques that she used that helped her and what she really wants you to know if you're struggling with postnatal depression or postpartum depression and what she would tell herself if she could go back. I'm so blessed to have such amazing friends who are so open and so vulnerable in their stories. And I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did. And I hope that you get a lot out of it because there is so much in here. Enjoy. Hi, Beck. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us and to share your story because What's different about you, I think, that is that because um, you, you've sort of struggled with depression for the majority of your life, you kind of expected that maybe you would get postnatal depression when you had your first baby. And um, I would just love to talk a little bit about how your expectation and the reality, whether they met or whether it was very different um, and, yeah, and go from there. Yeah, I, um, like you said, have struggled with depression most of my life. Um, and I guess coming from already experiencing a lot of depression, anxiety, um, and also I've had body image issues, which is definitely a big thing when you become a mum, you, or even when you're pregnant, your body changing. I, um, I thought that I had everything planned out and I was ready if, um, if things were going to go south with my mental health again. Um, but it was completely different to what I had experienced for 15 years prior to becoming a mum. Um, mm. I had never experienced, um, so much anxiety about leaving the house and what people thought of me when I was out if I was 
I was constantly worrying if I was breastfeeding, if someone was staring at me or um, thinking like what you see in social media, like everyone saying how you shouldn't breastfeed in public or how other people think that it's perfect to breastfeed in public. Um, I didn't want my son to have a meltdown when I was out because I didn't know if I would be able to handle it or if I would know the correct thing to do. Um, or people just giving me advice when, and people would give me advice and I would instantly feel like the worst mum because mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of it myself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there was definitely a big difference to what I had experienced in the past and then what I experienced when um, Clark came along. Yeah. Do you mind just sharing a little bit, like you're saying it's very different, um, what your depression sort of manifested like previously before you had children? Yeah. So I, um, I kind I was an elite gymnast, so my depression was definitely focused on, um, you know, not wanting to let people down. And if I did, I would instantly go into a big spiral of, um, of just feeling like I had crumbled everyone else's life as well as my own. Um, I did try and commit suicide when I was 19. Um, and I did not know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. um, so I was in um, a mental health ward for three weeks. Um, and I also come from my mum's side of the family, her brother and grandfather, oh, and father, sorry, both committed suicide. So we have come from a family who have, are always so open about everything and anything. Um, but my depression, I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I was so embarrassed that I had got this in the family as well as my uncle and grandfather. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to let anyone down and see... What I saw what my mum went through with her um, brother and dad and I didn't want to be that burden on her. Mm. Um, and I would never say that they were a burden on her, but I didn't want to be that person who then made her life more stressful. Yeah. Um, so I, I really did just get into a really deep depression, but then I would come quite, quite out, out of it and I would be perfectly fine. So I have been have been told before that I have bipolar depression, which is very different to bipolar. So by, mm. bipolar, usually you have the highs um, and, um, and then also the lows, but I just have lows. So if something happens that some people would normally find it quite a normal stress, I, um, I literally go into wanting to commit suicide quite often. Um, and that's just the way that my depression works. Mm -hmm. um, so do you experience yeah. that now as well since becoming a mum or was that something just you had before you had Clark? No. So I still do um, experience it. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had that for about a year, but when Clark was around two, I, I got quite bad again and mm -hmm. I, um, but I think the difference from having mental health issues before 
becoming a mum is I, I can stand up and say, I need help. Mm. I, I know my, um, my triggers. I know when I'm going into a spiral. Um, and a lot of my family members also know pretty, pretty, pretty much straight away when things are getting bad for me, I withdraw. I don't want to talk to anyone. I, I would, I stare out the window and don't really engage in anyone. Mm -hmm. I go from either eating a lot to not wanting to eat at all. Um, and I do, I go, I get very dark very quickly, Mm. which a lot of people don't understand. My husband also has depression and anxiety. And he has always said, I just, I don't understand like how you can, how you could hurt yourself or how you could feel like you want to hurt yourself, but no, but still want to be here. So I, for example, could, could definitely easily be like, oh, I just don't want to be here anymore. And then a minute later, I'm like, oh no, I, I do. I just, um. I just feel like I need something, an outlet to, to get out the frustrations and depressions. Yeah. So what do you use as an outlet? Because that's, that sounds really exhausting, <laughs> like yeah. Challenge, <laughs> challenging. Yeah. To, to manage that. And, you know, especially with saying, with, you know, just the next minute. So what yeah. do you, what do you have like as an, as an outlet when you get like that? I don't actually have many hobbies, which I, um, is, a detriment to me. Um, but You're a mum. We don't have hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> Our hobbies is childcare. <laughs> Sorry, interrupt. <laughs> um, I have been getting really into Pilates reformer and I love it. I, mm. I can't, I'm, I'm not one for yoga. Everyone's like, oh, you should try yoga. I'm like, nope, not for me. <laughs> um, but Pilates Reformer is really something that I'm getting a lot out of. And um, I feel like it does, it is a bit more calming than just going to the gym and lifting weights, yeah. um, which I think is really good for your mind as well. Um, and I'm also trying to write a book. <laughs> oh, yay. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. do, if, you, if you wouldn't mind... Can we just go back just uh, three years to when Clark was born or when you were, when you were pregnant and you were about to have him and obviously you, were, you said you were expecting to have some sort of maybe yeah. depressive or, or unsure, I don't know, did you think it would be depression? Did you think it would be bipolar or anxiety or just maybe a combination of all? Um, I think that it was, I thought that it was going to be depression mm-hmm. um, only because I'm quite... Um, I like things to be perfect and if they're not then I get really really angry at myself and I like um to do things at at the top rather than just mediocre mm-hmm. um so when Clark was born I I thought that breastfeeding just happened <laughs> I thought that they yeah. just jumped on and we were good to go and that's actually um, the number one thing you know when I'm, Beck, Beck and I are friends so she knows yeah. my book <laughs> and you've yeah. read my book I think as well that was the number one yeah. thing that I heard over and over and over again from mums to the point where yeah. I thought this is almost deserves its own book was yeah. I wish someone had told me how hard breastfeeding is 
100%. Yeah. And everyone that I have spoken to that have, are, have either been pregnant or they've just had a baby, I'm like, just don't put the pressure on yourself to think that breastfeeding is the be all and end all. Mm. And I wish, I, I wish that someone had told me that. <laughs> um, because I, Clark was in special care for three days um, when he was born and there was nothing major wrong with him. He just came out too fast and there was still that the muck on, their, on his lungs that he mm. couldn't get off. And um, so I never got to have those first three days of trying to breastfeed him and trying to get my milk in. So I was pumping for nearly an hour every three hours yeah. and as well as trying to give him that, trying to give him some formula. And then when he came out of special care and we had, I had him for one night before we went home, I had no idea what I was doing and, mm -hmm. and neither did he. He was a really lazy baby and it took us quite a long time to get the lactation consultant to come in and show me what to do. And then for four months, he was on a nipple shield. And, um, and even then I felt like I couldn't go out and, and breastfeed in public because I had to do this whole rigmarole of trying to get everything to work. And, um, and yeah, and that was just... I knew that I was going to spiral then because it was something that wasn't working and, um, and I wasn't doing properly. And it wasn't going to plan and you weren't, yeah. excel you weren't excelling at it. I wanted, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That um, set you up for, set you up for, yeah. for which um, is, is actually quite, I find it quite disgusting to even that, that women even, this is sorry, not, nothing against you. I mean, in no. general that women could, are not um, informed enough and educated enough to know that this is just completely unrealistic expectations that we give ourselves. I did it too. I did it yeah. too. And yeah. so, you know, if you do research and th thankfully now they say, you know, one of the number one triggers for postnatal depression is wanting to be super mum. And it's, yeah. that is just not possible. And I think there's so much room for education and, and information for women before they have children to get to a point yeah. where they're okay with, you know, not doing whatever it is that they plan to do, whether it's breastfeeding or co-sleeping or what, yeah. whatever it is, you know? So, um, yeah, it makes me really, really angry and ex extremely sad as well because, you yeah. know, so many women suffer and this podcast wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. it, should, it shouldn't, it shouldn't actually exist. It's yeah. quite ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, we ended up putting Clark on formula. I say we, like my husband and I were both breastfeeding. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, Craig ended up saying to me, like, this is not worth it. Mm. You, we need to make the decision and you need to stop feeling bad about the fact that breastfeeding isn't working because you're, I would sit in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. bawling my eyes out whilst trying to feed Clark and it just wouldn't work. And I, then I was stressed that he wasn't, he wasn't eating enough and... He, that was the reason why he wasn't sleeping. Um, and then it all boiled down to the fact that it was all my fault. Um, yeah. So, so we, yeah, I, we decided to put him on formula. And honestly, as soon as he went on formula, I felt like I was 20 kilos lighter. He wow. 
and he he didn't really change much as a baby like he's he was always a very very happy active baby and still is but um yeah it was like I got in my own head mm-hmm. and I was I was doing bad things to my son when I wasn't at all and I no. made the right decision for us no you were doing the best you can yeah, you know, and, and I think it was also really hard as well because when we went and asked, um, how do how do we put him on formula? Because we had no idea what we were doing, and they they said to us, um, "Oh, you know, you should really really try and breastfeed and persevere. You know, look, he's putting on weight, he's doing fine," and and Craig was there and he said, "Well, he's doing fine, but is my wife?" oh yes I love it that is awesome (laughs) that is so good it's a fantastic question the question that should be asked yes the baby's doing fine the baby's putting on weight what about my wife (laughs) it is the one question that should be asked I'm sorry but the baby will survive (laughs) but you're looking out for your wife your daughter your sister and that's the person who should be most protected by everything. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you are, you are the lifeblood to this child, yeah. you know? So if you're like, I always, it, to kind of make it a bit fun, I always kind of talk about, you know, this champagne towers where you put glasses on top of each other and then you pour the top glass and it fills the others. Well, if the top yeah. glass isn't getting filled, neither are the others and we're the top glass. Yeah. You know, So to think that like, we're going to feed the baby who's down here somewhere and the top glass is empty. It's just, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And, it, and it's like that as well, you know. I, Craig would come home from work and he would say, well, what, what have you eaten today? <laughs> I'm like, oh, nothing. Uh, and how many feeds has Clark had today? Mm. Oh, about five. And it's like, wh- why am I, am I not looking after myself? Because if I'm not looking after myself, then, like, it, it like Clark clock will start to feel it like you need to that that's and I think that that's why Craig asked the question as well it wasn't just around it was around physically and mentally Mm, like mm. is my wife okay yeah 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 well yeah well if you're not putting fuel into your body you can't you know look after him yeah yeah absolutely I know what an amazing husband you have there (laughs) (laughs) we need more like that (laughs) he's pretty cool (laughs) um that's it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I suppose um, those were kind of triggers for you that where you went, well, um, you know, you said before I was fa- failing, my, I'm not sure if that's the word used, but failing my child or, you know, I wasn't, oh, definitely. Yeah. you know, um, that, that led you into your depression. And, but it's wonderful that when you did actually put yourself first or your husband mm. put you first, yeah. <laughs> your husband insisted you put yourself yeah. first, um, <laughs> how things changed and you know you said 20 kilo weight was lifted off your shoulders that's awesome I I love that yeah and I also um I had a really I had really really good mothers group and um I was always comparing myself to every like I remember the first two mothers group I let Clark cry most of the time because I didn't want to breastfeed in front of them Mm. and then I think um, one of the girls like came up to me and she's like, let's catch up. And, and like, it was just really, really nice for someone to reach out. And I think see that you were also struggling with the situation. And um, 
So it was nice to have that. And then she she was explaining how she was having all these difficult difficulty with breastfeeding. She was on a nipple shield, and I was like, "Wow, I really am not alone here. Mm. It's not just just me." Which and that's how I I get as well. I definitely think that it's only me that is struggling with all these things when it's not. It's, it's a whole not. world of women out there that are yeah that are struggling. And that's why I, I admire what you're doing, um, being so vocal about your story and your journey and you know sharing everything down to the finest detail because you help people by telling your story and they help you by telling their story and i think that the fact that we don't talk about it and we pretend that we're all instagram mums is quite it's quite ridiculous isn't it like it's you know imagine if you had walked into the mother's group and went hi i'm beck this is my boy clark i'm struggling with breastfeeding so i'm using a nipple shield so you know, suck it up or whatever it is oh that you God, want to say, you know, and they all yeah. went, Hey, welcome. Me too. Yeah. Imagine how wonderful yeah. that would be rather than turning up and, mm. you know, make sure that your no hair's out of place and your baby doesn't cry. And you're like, when did we, why? I know. I was like, when did we think that it, like we needed to be like that? Oh no. Cause I, it was like, I walked into, and probably one of, one of two of my closest friends from my mother's group, um, I always thought that they would, they just looked absolutely beautiful and perfect. And I was like, Oh God, I really need to step up my game and start, <laughs> start putting on some makeup and some nice clothes. And um, in hindsight, we, we were, we were all struggling with mm. the same issues and, you know, everyone just puts this face on like everything's okay. And mm. I, I just wish that it, we didn't have to do that. I'm going to change it. I want to beat down that that stigma of of those Instagram mums. (laughs) I know. Well, that's that's not real either. You know, that's just one photo. So who knows what's going on behind that photo? Um, But I think it is, yeah, it's it's so important because everybody has something going on in their lives. Yeah. Something, you know, and um, it would be great if we could talk to each other about it. And I agree. And that's why I'm so, that's why I'm so open. Yeah. And I, I tell people my story so that they know that it's okay to tell, to say that they're not okay. Mm. Um, Just going back to that. Sorry. Do do you mind? So did you write from the beginning? Did you just go, okay, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to just, you know, tell my mom and my husband straight away. Well, I actually, because I've been under psychiatrist since I was 15, 16, um, I had I always knew about psychologists and psychiatrists out there so but I switched to a um like a prenatal postnatal um psychiatrist mm-hmm. and um I was also seeing Gidget House um a psychologist from there um even before Clark was born and um I actually can't remember who recommended Gidget to us but god we owe them all the money in the world really um <laughs> But I was seeing my psychologist, Chris, from Gidget House, I think from around six months. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I kept on seeing her after Clark was born. And then they recommended me to a psychiatrist um, and we didn't click. And I am happy to say that we didn't click and I moved on to a different one. Um, and I would say that I was put on medication probably when Clark was six months old and have, and I'm still on medication. Um, 
and there is no date in me coming off the medication, which I'm totally fine with. Um, But I think that I'm really lucky for my story because I had already built up that support before he was even born. Yeah. Um, And I was already talking about the stress and pressures that I felt um, before Clark was even born. Um, And then after, it was amazing because she could come to my house and Clark would either be sleeping or he would just be bopping on his bouncer in front of us whilst we were talking. And um, yeah, I was just really, really thankful to have I think I had, I would have nearly about 10 people that I could, that I called and said that I wasn't okay. Wow. Um, Yeah. And reached out to. Just going back to our conversation about women not telling how it is. How do you, you're so good at speaking out and asking for help. Mm. How do you, how do you encourage someone who feels like maybe they're not bad and like, it's, it's not bad enough for me or I'm not struggling enough or something. What do you think? This is a huge question, by the way. What what could you what advice do you think we could you could give somebody who you know so they don't feel so vulnerable and say, "Hey, I'm not coping." Like, is I don't know. Is there something that you could think of that they could say I instead? Think, I think um, this is a very hard question. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, good. Um, I think that if you're not feeling right after three weeks of feeling bad, then you should just, even if there's just one person in your life that you feel like you could go to and say, I just don't think that I'm, that it's going right. I don't think I'm coping well. And I don't think that it's normal to be feeling the way that I'm feeling. Then that one person can then be your sounding board and be your, your go-to person. And then they can also then reach out to the wider network of it even if you're I don't know an expat and have no family here Mm. but then you've got that circle of friends who are your family um and a lot of a lot of um parents don't aren't in contact with their family so their friends are their people Mm. um you just need to find your people (laughs) yeah you do I'm really lucky with all the people that I have um and I can't, we've kind of really been, you have to be picky with your friends, I think, this day and age. <laughs> um, but I told, I told Craig that I wasn't doing okay. And instantly behind my back, which I'm happy about because I'm still here now, he told my mum, he told my best friends that I wasn't doing okay. And then a plan was put in place for, for me to get help. That's awesome. And so... If, if you can just say to one person that you just don't think you're doing right, that you, you're not feeling right, mm. then that one person can then help. Yeah. It only takes one person to help. And if you can only help one person, then you've done your job. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And even just sometimes, you know, if you do feel like it's minor, just speaking yeah. it out loud to somebody is so, it's like literally getting it off your chest. Um, yeah, and I always say, you know, because of this predicament that we're in in society where women are meant to be super mum, speaking mm. out and putting your hand up and saying, you know what, I, actually, I'm not okay is yep. such a strength 
rather yeah. than the weakness that we perceive it to be. It's like, yeah. I'm weak. I have to ask for help. It's, it's actually such an amazing strength, you know? Yeah. So, um, and that's a bit that like, I, I'm definitely an advocate for women's mental health, but also, you know, men struggle with postnatal depression and anxiety. And I, I found after maybe nine months when Clark was on the go and he was moving and wanted to be into everything, I noticed that Craig wasn't, wasn't really getting involved as much when we went out with Clark. And I was really thinking like, there must be something going on here. And it turns out that Craig had, had, has postnatal anxiety and, wow. and men can get it. Mm, of course. Like, yes. Of yeah. Course. And, he, and his anxiety was going outside with Clark because Clark is such a boisterous, mm. boisterous kid and, you know, Clark pushing someone or, you know, like, and it just stems from everything. And then Craig ended up saying, yeah, I, I think I need to go and see someone because I shouldn't, shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm. So it does, it just takes one person to, to say it to, and then to help you get to the point that you need to get to. Yeah. And like you said before, sort of like a sounding board as well, you know, yeah. like that you just, you know, if it's another mother, for instance, that they say either, yeah, I feel the same way or I felt that mm. way before. And, you know, it just yeah. lifts that weight off your shoulders. And then if you think that maybe it's not worth seeing someone for, she might be able to tell you, yes, it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, um, just literally within the last month, uh, one of the mums from Clark's daycare um, came up to me and said, oh, my son always talks about Clark at home. Do you think that we could have a play date? And I was like, yes, of course. Anyways, it turns out that Clark and her son, are, I, you would think that they're identical personalities because <laughs> they are both the exact same child and it is so nice to have someone to talk to and complain about the fact that your kids like are exactly the same they're both crazy <laughs> um but it's so nice to have that yeah that you, yeah. you guys can share in that conversation yeah. and compare notes it's awesome yeah. you know we laugh about yeah. it but it's so true because it's just mm. it's like a hug it's like someone's putting their arm around and going i get it i'm here with you like we're in the same space <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah oh that's wonderful Definitely. that's so good so um how are you doing now like um Actually, let's let's track back a little bit. So you went on medication, and then you said you were seeing a psychiatrist and the lady from the Gidget House as well. Yeah. Um, yep. And kind of what what sort of things, um, sort of techniques and and stuff did you put in place to well, support yourself? So one thing that I definitely didn't do, and I was protecting Craig with this, is I never ever said I need some time to myself. For about the first year, I would always just say, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. And I, I wouldn't, I would always go somewhere with Craig and Clark. I would never, you know, go somewhere on my own. Um, you know, my best friend got married in Fiji when Clark was three months old and I was her maid of honour and had to do the hens party when Clark was six weeks old. And I'm sitting in the bathroom at like a a hotel pumping whilst everyone else is out there drinking and the whole time I'm kind of messaging Craig like what's going on what's happening I never let Craig kind of do his own thing 
um, with Clark. Um, but after that, I really found that having even just a morning to myself and going to have breakfast, um, we now have a weekly planner. So if I have in the planner that I'm going to gym on a certain, the gym on a certain day, I'm going to the gym. Um, Craig plays soccer every Saturday afternoon. So I get a certain part of the weekend um, to myself as well, which I think is really, really important just to yeah. take some time to yourself, even if it's just a, a short walk outside mm. or, um, I don't it's know, just some mental space, yourself. I think, yeah. isn't it? Like it's just that space yeah. because as a mother and, and fathers as well, but you know, yeah. I work with mothers yeah. When you're with your child, it's like in, you're constantly looking like it's it not, not even literally looking. It's your brain's like, what's that noise? And this, 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 this. So yeah. to just have that space in your brain where you can just go, okay, we'll just take a breath now of, you know, being outside, going for a walk or going to the gym or catching up with girlfriends or, yeah. you know. And yeah. even if, I think even when Clark was young, even just taking him for a walk in the pram with a friend because, you know, they're so young, they're kind of like little potatoes. All they do is just lie there. <laughs> um, so it was nice to just go for a walk with one of my friends and have just a conversation that wasn't about Clark. Yeah. Um, was really, really helpful as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the time to myself and actually getting to the gym and doing something and getting moving was, is a big, big positive for me. Awesome. Yeah, I, th I agree. That's such a big thing. I mean, there's so much research being done about um, exercise and, and how it trains, literally trains your body, but also trains your brain, yeah. you know, yeah. so, so that's fantastic. Mm. Been trying meditation, but I'm yeah. not very good at it. Nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> I think meditation, that's why it's called a practice because you just keep <laughs> practicing. Nobody's ever a meditation master. Everyone just does a meditation practice, but honestly, yeah. just keep, trying just keep trying because yeah. i think it's just one of those amazing tools for mothers mm. in particular to get that switch off you know for yes. however long you choose to do it my mm. meditation lasts um, about 20 minutes where you're just yeah. not thinking i mean obviously the kids need to be in a, in a safe space <laughs> but we're not thinking you know and you get in your, yeah. your your brain gets that space to just take a deep breath and and relax yeah. I, th I'm, I think meditation is a huge thing um so yeah. how are you now hey how, how are you feeling now yeah i um i've been okay <laughs> i the last six months have been a little bit strange for us i've um i've been getting really really bad nausea and random bouts of vomiting um and i wouldn't say that it is coinciding with covid um because i've actually really benefited from you know the lockdowns and because i am at my best when I'm with people. So with Craig working from home, me working from home, I've just absolutely loved it. Craig thinks that I'm the most annoying person on earth. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've really, really benefited from it. <laughs> um, but I've had these, these random things and like my stomach blows up like I'm six months pregnant. Mm. And it turned like I've had all these different tests done and and they're now saying that it is just down to anxiety and that's just one of the symptoms that I'm getting, which really confuses me mm. because I have 
been in therapy for so many years, I don't understand how I don't know what my like stresses are or what sets me off. Um, Cause I've definitely, my psychologist said to me, okay, well, well, what do you, what do you think is stressing you out during the day? Cause it comes on at 2 PM every single day. Oh, wow. And I couldn't tell her. I said, I don't, there's a, there was only one thing that I could pinpoint was making me actually physically sick. And I've, I'm now, I've pushed that aside and mm. um, yeah, I still can't put my finger on what it is. So we're working through that to try and figure out how, how I reduce the anxiety mm. of, an, of everyday life. But I don't know how you do that when you, must be Not something really unconscious if you're not aware of, of yeah. what it is. So we think that it could potentially be um, from when I was an elite gymnast, something to do with maybe, because I was a gymnast from 5 to 15. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do think that it's probably something that stems from that, okay. but we don't, yeah, we're not entirely sure. We just have to dig deep and figure it out. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's crazy how it affects everyone differently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I've just so so enjoyed you sharing your story with us and um, with me in particular. Yeah. And just, you know, your vulnerability. And I'd just be so curious that um, if you had your time again (laughs) from the beginning is there anything that you would do differently is there anything where you you know before having before having Clark is there anything where you sort of go I I would have done this or this um I think that I wouldn't have put so much pressure on myself to be an A plus mum um and just realize that everyone is different you can't read a book and get and get the information that you need from a book because every mum is different and so is every baby. Um, and I think that I would have asked for help a bit earlier. Okay. Um, my mum was around and she could have been here every day if I needed her, but I didn't ask because I felt yeah. like I was putting everyone out. Um, but yeah, I would have asked for help. I would have um, also given time to myself as well. Mm. Um, Being like like being kind to yourself um, so that you had that space to not just be a mum. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And if there's someone listening right now who's in the, a similar position to, you know, what you described three years ago or two and a half years ago, let's say, and she's really scared. She doesn't want to talk to anyone. She's sort of, you know, is feeling everything. She doesn't have the history that you have with depression. So no one is looking for her red flags. Yeah. What would you say? Oh, I think I would say that it's okay. And it's okay to put your hand up and ask for help. Even if you do it in the smallest way, um, it, it really does make a big difference. Um, and once you do ask for the help, as hard as it will be to event to initially ask for it, you will feel so much better. 
you will feel like 20 kilos is off your shoulders. Um, That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great advice. And one, one last question, which, I mean, none of these questions are easy, so I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been three years now. Clark just turned three a, a week or so ago. And yeah. it's been a massive roller coaster and a huge journey for you already, and you're still going. Yeah. How do you feel this experience has not just not just what happened, but also how you dealt with it, and you know the the techniques and things you put in place to create the life that you're living now? How would you say it's changed you as a person? Um. Well, I definitely always thought that I was a very strong person but I am definitely a lot stronger and more confident. I'm more confident to talk about my own story. Um, and I think that I have grown stronger with my um, emotional health for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel more confident as a woman, which I didn't, woman, um, yeah, which I didn't feel previously before having Clark, which I think is quite interesting because a lot of people may become less confident because of their body changing after having a baby. Yeah. Um, but I definitely feel a lot more confident and I, I don't judge myself as much as I used to, which is quite a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. from where you've, you know, how you described before, how, from where you've come from. Yeah. That's like awesome. Yeah, sounds like, nice. it sounds like you're definitely on a, on the right track. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks again. Unless there's anything else you want to add and share. No, I I think I'm good. But no, definitely, I think you just need to be kind to yourself, and you also have to be kind to others if you're listening to this and you're not a mum. Yeah. Um, if you're thinking of becoming a mum and you've got a friend out there that is a mum, I don't know, maybe just reach out and ask if they're okay mm. because that may be the one thing that they need to hear the day mm. that you ask it. Yeah. 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 And you will know as soon as you ask the question, even if they don't say anything, you will know whether they need yeah. help or not. Am I right? Yeah, yeah you will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even oh. just go over and do their laundry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or a cup of tea or something. Yeah. 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 Oh, Beck, you're wonderful. Honestly, like the things that you're doing are just amazing. And, um, you know, I wish you so much luck with your writing your book. I know the blood, sweat and tears yeah. that go into writing a book. So yeah. I'm 100% behind you on that. But um, yeah, just thank you for being so open and so vulnerable and so real and just sharing yourself so truly with everyone so that, you know, other women and men can benefit yeah. from it as well. So thank you. Definitely. And thank you for sharing yourself with us today. <laughs> Really, really no appreciate it. No problem. All Thanks. good. Bye. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope these stories, insights and tips support you on your motherhood journey. For more support, go to toughmothers.com. Have you heard about Tough Mothers TV, the accompanying YouTube series to this podcast? Be sure to check it out at toughmothers.com forward slash interviews. And that's also where you'll find today's show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell all your friends and leave a review here or on my YouTube channel. Each month, I will pick a random reviewer who will receive a special Tough Mother's gift. Remember to hit the subscribe button before you leave so you're notified when a new episode of the Tough Mother's podcast is released. Until then, please remember, no matter what you feel, you're doing an amazing job.
You are a true tough mother.